Welcome to the Holistic Icon Podcast, hosted by Dr. Nisha Chellam, a board-certified internist and holistic medicine specialist who understands the science of disease and the art of healing. Every week, Dr. Nisha gives you tips on how to take control of your health, because you are your best doctor. Here's your host and author of Transform Your Thyroid, Dr. Nisha Chellam. Hello. Hi, guys, on Instagram and we are going to be live on Facebook too very soon, or unless we're already live. I think we're done. Awesome. I'm Dr. Chalam from Holistic and Integrative Center of Novaya, and this is Marina, our nutrition coach. So today, I think one of the uh, Transform Your Thyroid or Hormone Balancing Your Hormone series, we're going to talk everything closer to the holidays, the few things that people struggle with. Halloween right? is next week. I know, I know, I know all those bags of sweet, the ones that your kids will bring back saying that you don't want to have it and you don't want to waste it. Um, it's going to be the, the sugar roller coaster ride. And um, the biggest challenge is I don't think people um, eat sugar because they don't know it's not healthy for them. I think it's absolutely everybody understands when they eat candy and when they eat something that they're not supposed to eat. It makes them feel bad later, um, but at the same time, the biggest challenge in trying to avoid sugar and sugary products is or are cravings. How do you get over the sugar craving? And I think that's probably the biggest challenge for most people. And we're going to talk about why you have sugar cravings, what you can do about sugar cravings, and what you might be doing to keep these sugar cravings going on. And any of you, and if anybody's watching the video, if you could just share this video with someone who is um, probably struggling with this aspect, we'd appreciate it because a lot of what we do, we're trying to reach as many people as possible. So they would actually get this information and not be stuck where they are stuck. So let's talk about what is, um, why do we have sugar cravings? There are a few reasons why we have sugar cravings. Number one is what we call your metabolic thermostat. What is your internal thermostat? Um, in fact, this is one of the reasons why most people, when they lose weight, they gain it all back is because their internal thermostat is set a different way. The second one is your taste buds. Your taste buds are so used to a certain type of food, which has been something that you've been habitually eating that when you shift, and we all know we have to eat healthy, but when you shift, everything tastes bland. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like it's tasteless. So when something is tasteless, that kind of uh, lifestyle is not sustainable. So our goal is to address what is your internal thermostat? How do you find out what is your internal thermostat? And number two, how do you shift the taste buds? And what, what are the steps you can um, uh, do or take to get to that point? Now, a lot of reasons why you have sugar cravings is because of a certain amount of hormonal imbalance. This time, I'm going to make you guess what hormone are we talking about? <laughs> Do you know? Insulin. So it was the first one that you told me last time. It's actually the cortisol. Uh. I know it's your most favorite, but it's actually the cortisol that gets you Craving. In fact, when you crave those salty, crispy snacks as well as sweets, you got to look at the cortisol. How does the cortisol create this craving? It reduces your muscle mass. It increases your fat storage and reduces muscle mass. 
Now, when you look at how does cortisol get into the picture, why do we have that excess or the imbalance of the cortisol so, so much so that we have a craving? Of course, it is stress, but one of the commonest reasons is insulin resistance. So when you really look at the root cause of your sugar cravings, it is insulin resistance, but on the surface, it's because of decreased muscle mass, which comes from a high cortisol state. Which happens when you're stressed. So all those times you're working late and you're, you know, going for the cupcakes or donuts in the morning. Right. Always. It's always like when there's a lot of stress, you'll find that you crave and we always tell you, listen to your body. If your body needs something, it maybe it needs it. But if it is an imbalance, you probably are just it becomes like a self-destruction. Right. And we have to help you identify when you're going into the on that path of self-destruction or um, even to identify, hey, I'm not going in the right direction. How do I reset myself? So those are the things we're going to discuss today. So let's talk about the first one about the body thermostat. So what the body thermostat does is. As you reduce your calories, what it's going to do is going to reduce your um, metabolic rate. So you're not going to burn as much. So you reduce your calories, you're going to reduce how, um, how much you're going to be utilizing or creating that energy or breaking down that, uh, those calories. So that's why when you go on a diet, initially, because there's a shift in the amount of calories, you kind of lose weight and then you stabilize, you kind of hit a plateau mm-hmm. and then you slowly start, start gaining and that's where people lose that um, you know they don't feel encouraged to continue to uh, stay on the diet because now the whole purpose of going on a diet was to lose weight yeah. so you have to understand how can you reset your internal thermostat at the same time when you eat a lot of food actually your metabolic rate goes up But at the same time, if you have an abnormality of insulin resistance and high cortisol, even though the metabolic rate is going up, you're going to start storing a lot of the fat too. So again, how you're going to approach your weight loss becomes extremely um, important because you got to understand how is your body responding to these stresses, to your food. And... um, More than anything else, I have to emphasize, you should not be worried about what you're eating, how much you're eating. It should carb counting, all of that junk. Right. You you shouldn't make, as long as you're eating real food, your body should be able to burn what it needs to burn. There are a few things that work against us. Number one, we all have a sitting job. We all have stressful sitting jobs, right? So sitting is the new smoking completely shuts down your metabolic rate. The stress, the cortisol uh, decreases your muscle mass and increases your fat. And this is what you find as you age, you have less of muscle mass. That's why automatically you begin to gain weight. Sometimes even if you're losing weight, your fat content goes up in percentage. And the, the third one is also our taste buds. When you've been used to drinking juices, like every regular American household that doesn't think too much about health drinks a cup of oranges. Oranges are great. It gives you the amount of vitamin C you need for the whole uh, day. However, when you do the orange juice, it's so sugary. If you eat an orange, you don't get the same sweetness. Mm -hmm. So your taste buds look at the orange as absolutely bland. 
And same thing with like when you're looking at a shake, you buy what is that called? Um, uh, I think uh, the cereal company they put out a shake. You did Kellogg? What is, is it? Not Kellogg. There's another cereal company. If anybody listening, if you know what, what I'm talking about. It's constant. You don't know anything about junk food. I have no idea. <laughs> well, I watch ads these days just to understand why people get a gravitate towards these ads. This is the one where you drink and they say now it's got caffeine in it. So it gives you a lot of energy. What? Yeah, it's an ad no advertisement. I, I forget what it is. It's not Boost. Kids? No, it's for adults. Okay. It's for weight loss. and Cheerios. Not Cheerios. That's a cereal. But oh. this one is very common. I, I forget. Like Boost. Okay. But it's made by a cereal company. It's going to come to me later. But anyway, they add a lot of these, um, uh, what do you call the uh, caffeine in it, the protein in it, the sugar mm -hmm. in it. And they call it strawberry. And they'll say, hey, have a great healthy shake. And it's all protein and you'll lose weight. And we've gone on this protein diet for I don't know, forever, right? The paleo diet, the Atkins before that, Atkins before that and uh, then the low-carb diet, everything they twist and turn and make it protein. Now it's ketogenic. Yeah, it's ketogenic. Mm -hmm. And again, it's still a high-protein diet if you do it wrong. They're yeah. not doing pretty much fat. Um, but getting back to what happens when you eat too much of protein, initially you lose weight. However, after some time, you gain weight on a paleo diet or the high-protein diet, unless you're a man. Men have different hormones, <laughs> right? So why does that happen? It's because the uh, paleo diet and the low-carb diet does trigger off insulin resistance. Mm -hmm. And we see that in our practice all the time. Yes. So insulin resistance is the, in fact, if you come to me with weight loss, as much as people come to me and say, you know, I think my thyroid is not working, you may be somewhat right. But ultimately, it is insulin resistance that is causing you having that difficulty of losing weight, particularly intra-abdominal fat. So how do we shift that insulin resistance? This is where the next aspect of it is the gut bacteria. Mm -hmm. You see how everything comes down to the gut? In functional medicine, if I can fix your gut, I fix everything else. So we look at the gut bacteria and that shift has to happen. People who have a lot of yeast overgrowth, what is yeast? It's a fungi right? Uh, fungus, we have bacteria, we have virus, and we have fungus. These are all microorganisms that are present on our, in our body. They have a certain balance in health, and they have a certain imbalance in uh, dysfunctions and diseases. Insulin resistance and diabetes, you'll have a lot of yeast overgrowth. And yeah, most people have yeast anyways, but right. this is when it's out of balance, which is important to know. And, and they have the craving for the sugar. Yeah. And literally, you crave sugar after every meal, you got to have something sweet. You're constantly thinking about something sweet to grab. And it's almost in a day, you don't go without eating something sweet, whether it be in your drink or on your food. So we look for the yeast overgrowth. We look at the insulin receptors and see what is it, if it is blocked. And then we also look at your liver. If you have very high ferritin, iron stores, that means the breakdown, the liver is congested. It's very difficult for your insulin to work. We think what insulin does, at least this is what everybody thinks, when you have insulin, your sugars go down because all of the sugar goes in. Actually, what insulin does is it basically prevents the liver from dumping sugar into the bloodstream. Mm -hmm. It's more a dumping process. And so when the liver is congested, 
it is probably just not doing a good job of holding on to the sugar. It's just the place is flooded with sugar. And the more sugar you have, the more insulin resistance you get. And it becomes a vicious cycle because the insulin goes really high to push all that sugar down. And then when it gets really little too low, you get hungry, you get high and you're going up and down yo-yoing. Mm -hmm. So when you have a problem with sugar, we have to talk about changing your taste buds, increasing your muscle mass. These are the two things that we have to do. So the question comes, how do I do it? I hate exercise. How do I improve my muscle mass? And this is where shifting your diet to feed the good bacteria in your gut becomes very important. There's a, a physician, his name is uh, Dr. Matthew Weiner. He's a wiener. I have no idea how to... <laughs> I always get confused with those. Names. Yeah, I know. Um, sorry if ever anybody knows him, but he's a weight loss surgeon. Um, and one of the books he wrote is A, a Pound of Cure. And really what uh, the... Having done, because he works with the GI tract doing gastric bypasses, he noticed that when the only other way to reset the metabolic rate, increase muscle mass, is to change what you are eating. And he calls it the, a pound of cure because he says you got to eat a pound of vegetables a day. Mm -hmm. Now, it sounds very, very simple to eat a pound of vegetables a day. But a lot of people, the reason they don't do it is it's no longer um, um, interesting to eat a pound of vegetables a day. And how do you make it palatable? And this is where you need help. A lot of times I would say um, reach out to a nutrition coach who can teach you different recipes that makes it sustainable. And you want to make it very simple, guys. The reason it's very difficult to be healthy it. It's a lot of shifting of your life if it comes down to, I got to learn how to eat, I got to learn how to drink, I got to learn how to sleep. You just need to know the principles. You need to know what is the problem in your body, what are the principles you need to follow for yourself, and then look at your lifestyle and say, how do I make this easy and how is it um, sustainable for me? Uh, changing your taste buds is there's no other way other than if you're doing, use your strawberry shakes, how about just eating the strawberry or blending the strawberry with a little bit of almond milk or coconut milk and making a shake yourself. Put a date in it, make a shake yourself. And you'll find when you have just these natural uh, fructose, natural sweetness that come from food, your taste buds will change. In fact, I think a lot of our patients who actually do, I, we always say this, right? 90% of our patients who follow 90% of what we tell them get 90% of the results that they're looking for. If they follow exactly what we tell them to do, their taste buds actually change. In fact, today morning we had a client who says, I'm not hungry anymore. Yeah. She has a smoothie in the morning and she keeps asking me, should I eat more? <laughs> I know. Because he, and the, the reason we want you to eat more is the less you eat, remember your metabolic rate goes down and you'll actually begin to store weight. So that's why we tell people to eat. But also you have to listen to your body. When you're hungry, when you start getting that hunger pangs, eat. Mm -hmm. Don't wait. What do we do? We let that hunger pang go and then skip that lunch part and only when we have time we grab you set off insulin resistance the other interesting thing that we've noticed with some clients is they actually get their sense of smell back as well as they start absolutely. to shift and that plays a huge role in how you taste something to absolutely start to enjoy vegetables because they can smell more of the flavor the you know the spices and stuff that they're putting into it as well 
red sugar. I mean, it's just, it's sugar. <laughs> you don't need to smell it. It tastes right. the same pretty much. Right. And actually, when you look at cane sugar, cane sugar is very medicinal. If you really mm-hmm. look in the winter season, the cane uh, plant, the sugar cane plant, it really is harvested. It's awesome. It's used in the treatment of hepatitis A. Um, in, oh. in India, yeah, you drink a little sugarcane juice. It is actually um, therapeutic. However, the sugar we are exposed to is highly processed fructose from beets. It's not from the sugarcane. And that's where we're running into a problem. We're getting the wrong type of sugar. We're stimul- getting this insulin resistance going. Our taste buds are changing. And then we don't know what natural food tastes like. So, It really takes about 10 days of you eating whole foods. You'll find your taste buds will change. Improving your muscle mass. If you can add exercise, that's great. Um, And that's why a lot of people who do exercise and have enough muscle mass, they can get away by eating occasionally stuff that we don't consider healthy because their muscle mass keeps that insulin resistance at bay and they don't tend to gain weight. But if they continue to do that, you know, they keep falling off of track and eating pizza and donuts every day, which is a food-like products. We're not saying don't ever eat them. We just eat, you know, eat them after resetting your hormones, reset your metabolic rate, reset your taste buds, reset your uh, hormones. And then when you eat them once in a while, because you're going out, even then you won't have the craving to eat it. I think really what we're talking about is how do you remove the craving? Um, I, I still remember before my health journey, a cottage in pizza, that's my main, really my most favorite. They used to have a gluten-free crust. I loved it. But today, if I even look at it, I can smell the sugar. Because what happens when you remove gluten, what do you do? You add sugar. In fact, I was on a, a website uh, or some kind of a group that was talking about pirate. Oh, you know, I have Hashimoto's. I've decided I'm going to bite the bullet and I'm going to go gluten-free. How do you find the budget to go gluten-free? And I'm like, what budget do you need? Right. You're just going to shift to eating whole foods. That's what a gluten-free diet the, is. Not the gluten-free package. That's not going to help your gut bacteria very much. Yeah. And you actually will... Uh, shift the gut bacteria, shift your insulin resistance, shift your cortisol. So when you struggle with weight loss, a few things are going on. You, no matter what you, how much you exercise, you don't sweat, uh, you don't lose weight. You're constantly hungry, and that's why you have to. And like I said, when you're hungry, you got to eat. Some of us have to eat every two hours because our insulin resistance is so high that you have that hunger pang every two hours. So for you to start resetting. You're gonna have. I would really highly recommend working with someone who understands how to work with an insulin resistance patient and guide you through that for the at least six weeks before you can go off on your own. Understand what needs to happen for you, and a detox plan. Actually, our detox plan completely works well for people where they get their sense of smell, sense of taste, your gut bacteria changes. Actually, we ask the weird questions like, "How's your bowel movement?" <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. And um, when we, when and most people will say it's completely changed. I didn't realize I was not having a regular or a good bowel movement before. So those are the things we look at. And remember, none of the hormone abnormalities happen in isolation. They are a part of 
uh, trying to fix a dysfunction. So when you have a high cortisol, when you have high insulin, it's because you're trying to fix a dysfunction. It doesn't mean you need to get more hormones from outside. Mm -hmm. You got to figure out what is my insulin resistance telling me? What is my cortisol, high cortisol telling me? What do I need to shift? And a lot of times it may not be mental stress. It could be physical stress. It could be chemical stress. You're putting your body under so much of stress that it is having to uh, create that uh, increased blood sugar in, uh, or increased sugar in your blood. So remember, insulin resistance is actually a mechanism by the body to protect itself from the excess glucose. What does insulin resistance mean? Your body says, every cell in your body says, I don't need more glucose. It's just refusing to listen to the insulin. So it's resisting the insulin. When it does that, the sugar accumulates in the blood. When the sugar accumulates in the blood, the cortisol goes up because the body's panicking. It's saying, I have all this acid. Remember, glucose becomes acid in your blood. That's why you have heart disease and diabetes. It becomes an acid that blows out your blood vessels. Cortisol goes up. It says, I'll take care of this glucose. It takes all the glucose, converts it into what we call as triacylglycerols or what we call triglycerides into these fat cells. These fat cells get stored in your stomach. And that stomach cells produces leptin and adiponectin, which is a part of insulin resistance. The cycle just repeats itself. It's almost impossible to lose that weight unless you build muscle mass or... Um, remove the reason for insulin resistance and fix all the overgrowth of candida or fungus in your gut. And one thing to point out, you're saying, you know, build muscle mass. It's important not to go out and work out like crazy. That's actually going to shoot up your cortisol even more. And it's going to be counterproductive. So when we're saying build muscle mass, do it in the kitchen, eat your vegetables at every yeah. meal. And that's yeah. actually going to help you way more than going into the gym at first. And then you can start I mean, you know, lifting yeah. weights helps. Lifting weights is only done for 15 minutes when you start off. Right. It's not a three-hour, four-hour process. Not which is what, an hour of cardio. <laughs> yes. An hour of cardio actually increases your cortisol. Mm -hmm. And that's where a lot of people become resistant to weight loss because they're um, now they're running and the body it doesn't know whether you're running from a tiger or a lion. And so it increases your cortisol. So you actually gain weight. And you'll find this long-distance runners are thin all over, but they have this two-inch belly fat because their body is constantly stimulating the cortisol by the running. Mm -hmm. So shifting your hormones has to begin in the kitchen. And knowing, to, uh, knowing what to do for your specific body and for your specific body type is where you need help with the testing and with working with somebody who's a professional. Um, we invest in a lot of things. Invest in your health whatever it may be, whether you're deciding to work with a yoga teacher or a nutritionist or a functional medical doctor, don't go to your regular doctor and find, try to find out this. And nothing against regular doctors. I was one of those. We're not trained for that. Because for me, I remember putting my patients on a low-fat, high-exercise diet. Mm -hmm. And it's not sustainable. Nobody can work out unless that's your job, unless you're an actress or a model or a weightlifter, or in the fitness industry, it's almost impossible to put in that many hours of workout and focus on your nutrition. You have to live your life at the same time, know what your body will accept and what, you know, what your values are, what is your goal. Everybody cannot be a size zero. I've said this before. We are three different body types. You want to get your body weight to the point you are healthy. You don't have that aches and you don't have the aches and pains. You don't wake up 
feeling fatigued. You don't see, wake up feeling heavy and groggy. You really want to shift that energy. And all of that begins with shifting your insulin resistance. So um, if there are any questions, go ahead and ask me. Uh, I don't think there are any questions that I can see. And Instagram also, I don't think there are any questions. Just some I'm waves. Just gonna, like, I'm going to wave at everybody. I, I don't know how to still use the Instagram, but... Um, anything else, um, Marina, that we haven't addressed? Because most of our patients, if you see, even before they start the detox, they begin to lose about 10 to 15 pounds. We're seeing that now. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. pretty normal. And these are people who have never been able to lose weight before. And they've tried exercise, and they've tried diet and whatever else, and it yeah. doesn't work. That's because they haven't actually fixed their gut bacteria. Mm-hmm. So once we start to shift that and you get in the kitchen, just, you know, eat a vegetable at every meal. Start yeah. there. Make sure every meal has a vegetable and then kind of build from there. And that'll help. And choose vegetables that you like to begin with. Uh, every vegetable can be made likable. Uh, it all depends on how you learn. And when we start hard cooking classes, we'll teach you how to fix vegetables in such a way that you're going to be in love with vegetables. <laughs> um, what's a vegetable? Right. It, I think that's a bigger challenge is, you know, understanding how to use these vegetables, herbs and spices. I, I think that by itself is a whole um, um educational process that you need but if you are struggling with eating very frequently eating a sweet after meal on inability to get off the sugar i gotta have something sweet it is your insulin resistance and insulin resistance is probably the easiest thing that we can work on it's my favorite thing because people like freak out they get so worried about it and like no yeah in a couple weeks this will resolve and you'll be in fact we want to in our practice we want to give a guarantee we can actually take away your insulin resistance that's how easy it is to fix it once you know the person's blueprint which is their gut bacteria how their cells function and then weight loss even though that's your main concern that becomes a sidekick to you getting healthy. It's just so fascinating. The whole science of insulin resistance is very fascinating. Um, In terms of whether the thyroid is responsible, the thyroid is connected to your insulin. Uh, You have to understand that most people who have insulin resistance um, eventually go on to having a loss of their thyroid function too. And similarly, if you start off with hypothyroidism in in the beginning or Hashimoto's, you eventually become a diabetic because the root cause is, again, in your gut. You got to fix the gut, got to fix any underlying infection uh, before you look at the hormones. Everybody's interested in knowing what thyroid pills should I be taking or what can I, uh, what exercise should I be doing? Focus on why your body is creating these problems. Why is it having insulin resistance? Why is it having a thyroid uh, dysfunction? Why are the antibodies against your thyroid? And you'll find that pretty much it begins to heal. So what do we have as a tip in terms of nutrition for our folks? Yeah, um, we're going to talk about cinnamon. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cold here in Michigan and probably in some other parts of the U.S., I'm sure. Um, so it's a good time for like warm foods and cinnamon kind of comes into play with fall. But cinnamon is actually a really great anti-inflammatory and it helps to regulate your blood sugars. So it's a really good spice or it's a spice. It's a spice. It's a spice. It's a bark actually. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a spice mm-hmm. um, to add to your food. So what you can do is steam a sweet potato, mash it up. 
um, drizzle some cinnamon on it with some ginger and almond butter, and you can actually have a really good breakfast that way, and it'll keep you full because you have the root vegetable from your sweet potato, and then the cinnamon helps to curve the sugar cravings, helps to regulate your um, insulin as well a little bit. Yes. And also helps the gut bacteria because it's very anti-inflammatory. In fact, I think they sell cinnamon tablets. The only difference between cinnamon tablets and actually cinnamon itself is cinnamon tablets is concentrated form of cinnamon, just like how the curcumin or turmeric is really a concentrated form. But if you add these herbs and spices on a daily basis, literally nature has given you medicines to heal just about anything and everything that you have. There are, uh, yeah, it tastes awesome. It, it, but some people may not. If you don't like cinnamon, the options for diabetes or insulin resistance or weight gain, this is another vegetable that in India they, they do this. See, the advantage for me is I get to part, see the part of Eastern, um, the traditional treatments too, is the juice of okra. Very difficult. It's not okra is not available during the winter season, but you can buy frozen okra, um, just thaw it and juice the okra. And it does help with insulin resistance. I think cinnamon might taste better than okra Absolutely. juice. <laughs> and For you don't need a like lot of cinnamon either. Just, just a pinch. Half yes. a teaspoon actually is the medicinal value. And Pam, um, cinnamon teas are a good option as well. That would work. You probably get a little bit less that way. So, But tea in general is good. Yes. Uh, in, I mean, all anti-cancer comes from teas. So if you do multiple teas in a day, you actually help yourselves. Um, teas, for some reason, are very medicinal. That's also been shown in several studies. So any tea will be fine. But yeah, cinnamon tea is good. Yeah. So the only thing is, remember, any food that you eat on a regular basis, you may get your body sensitized to it. So switch up your foods a little. Mm -hmm. And that's why we give you an array of spices and um, uh, area of vegetables that you can use. Um, so just, you know, like we said, I, I don't know if any of you watched the last night webinar with uh, uh, Kim, our, um, our life coach, is really pretty much you want to plan. This requires planning. We plan for our financial future. We plan our kids' education. We plan our home. We plan for everything, but when it comes to our health, we never seem to plan. Just put in some time there to plan what your meals would look like or what you actually will makes you feel good and get that into your uh, routine. And once it becomes a routine, you don't have to think about it anymore. Right. Yep. And Pam has another question. Should it be decaffeinated for the tea? Um, I, I mean, cinnamon Not is an herb, so yeah. it should be decaf any, or it should be naturally decaffeinated anyways. Oh no, she, I think the free? tea, I think she's talking about the tea specifically. No, Pam, it doesn't matter unless you're, the, the tea caffeine is so little, it's less than 5%, you're okay. You don't have to see, because once you go to decaffeinated, you're looking at a processed mm -hmm. food. So the least, in the most natural form, teas and coffees have caffeine in it. Try to buy the regular ones. If you're one of those who wants to drink at that time, close to that time, maybe a decaffeinated one is um, probably a better choice. But I, I'm a big fan of the less they've done to the natural product, the better it is for you. Okay. All right. I don't think there are any other questions. Thank you once again for supporting us by joining us. Make sure you visit our website. By the way, our uh, website is going to get updated. I'm very excited about it. It's holisticicon.com. 
um, and otherwise search for Holistic and Integrative Center of Novi. We also have um, uh, our Instagram, our iTunes, and Facebook. And I see one more. My favorite new spice is coriander. Oh, yes. Yes, Peggy. Coriander is to die for. In fact, you can add it to any vegetable and it just shifts, even to rice and quinoa just adding a little coriander powder you saute some onions add some coriander powder add some turmeric powder and mix the rice with it and it is really out of the world i agree with you um i love the coriander leaves too so oh we didn't put it on airplane mode sorry about the phone but um agreed any spice it's i, I think it enhances the food and there are, um, and I think we will, once we start our cooking classes, we're going to go over all of the spices and how to use them and what foods. In fact, you can use the same spice for savory and sweet dishes and they change the taste of the food. So thank you once again. We will meet, uh, talk to you next week. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Holistic Icon Podcast. Subscribe for the podcast and leave us a review on iTunes or visit holisticicon.com to listen to past episodes. Want to take control of your health and live a life of wellness? Dr. Chellum's best-selling book, Transform Your Thyroid, teaches you how to overcome fatigue, depression, weight gain, and more, and is available on amazon.com.